0: I actually have a have a WhatsApp group with my nieces and nephews. I have 14 of them. So I have them in a group who can WhatsApp and who has who have phones. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, do not focus on school only. Start to think of what business you can you can grow or invest in. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, think of who you want to become. Do not look around you. Think of who you want to become and what you want to do. and Tell yourself it's possible for you, because a lot of times we have children pursuing careers because their parents told them that they should do it, and they do these things to make their parents happy. But they're actually pursuing their passion. They have very clear other things.
1: So gladiatrix, I am woman, and hear me roar. I'm your host, Melanie Sarma. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the amazing, beautiful, badass women who have been guests on the show. I had a mission to travel to every country in the world, but since that didn't work out, my new mission is to speak to at least one woman from every country in the world. There are 193 countries and I still have at least 180 to go. So, if you know of somebody who has an amazing story to tell, let me know. I'm all ears. You can reach me on Instagram at Malini Sarma, on my website, MaliniSarma.com, or on Facebook at Malini Sarma, M-A-L-I-N-I-S-A-R-M-A. In today's episode, we're speaking with Merlinda Francois from the island of Dominica in the Caribbean. Born and raised in Dominica by a single mother, Merlinda left home to go to university because she wanted to taste travel and living abroad, but she always came back home. The youngest of six who learned the art of selling at the age of 12 is today a business coach for women of color who teaches the entrepreneurial mindset and building generational wealth. And this is her story. Hi, melinda thank you so much for joining my show i can't wait for the rest of the world to hear your story
0: (laughs) hi malini
1: well i'm so i'm glad we were able to make this work because i know it's been crazy but you born you're born raised you're from the island of dominica Yes. And, uh, but you've traveled the world. You've been you've you've been to the UK. Uh, you you've been to other uh, places as well. But you always came back home. So what was it like growing up?
0: <laughs> That's an interesting question. Um, growing up in Dominica was actually a very memorable experience. I'm looking at how the world is now, but when I grew up, it was a time when children were playing outside and we were socializing a lot. We we a bit closer in terms of family and friendships. And we spent a lot of time after school in after school programming, playing sports, going to the river and listening to the birds and just being in nature. I spent most of my childhood going to gardens on the weekends with my mom. I didn't like it back then. <laughs> but that was a very interesting time for me because it showed me the importance of showing support in the home and helping my mom who, was a single mom at the time, to provide for us. And she has six of us, and I'm the last one. So naturally, I'm the last one. I'm the one at home who don't have a lot of responsibilities as yet. So I had to go to the garden with her to accompany her. So during that time, I would you know sit down, I would read, I would just connect with nature. And that was a very important part for me. And then I moved on to high school and I went to high school for five years. I was very active in sports and social clubs. And this is where I actually found the most of my social skills learned to the with different people. Because when you are in teams or groups, you are forced to work with others, to work with teams. And it taught you the core skills in terms of knowing how to share, knowing how to be open and to pay attention to other people's needs and not just your own. Then... I was appreciative of that experience, especially at a very young age in high school. I went on to to university. And well, I went to college. We have a local college. I went to college. And after the two years at college, I worked a bit because naturally, because we are, how would I say? We didn't go straight to university from high school, like we did in other, okay. other countries. Okay. We work for two years to save some money. So I did that for three years instead of two. Most people do two. Sometimes people do five. So I did three years working and saving money. Then I went to study to Trinidad and Tobago. And it was a culture shock. So even if I moved abroad to study within the Caribbean itself, Training that culture was a bit more advanced, they have a bigger population, they have more exposure, more access to resources, and the lifestyle was completely different. So that was a really shift, a really big shift for me. And it made me appreciate my culture, appreciate my culture more. Because one of the things I recognized I was different was that it's a very diverse culture. But people are not as close as they are like back home. Everybody knew each other back home in Dominica. So that made me appreciate how I grew up. Um, I would say that that contributed towards a lot of things in my life. Me wanting to become an entrepreneur, me wanting to explore other parts of the world because I tasted what it meant to travel and to live abroad. So that was a very good experience for me. Um, that's that's it in a nutshell, <laughs> without going into too much. No, no, no,
1: this is great. So, um, being the youngest, uh, who, you know, your your uh, your brothers and sisters were like, you know, you, and your mom, you'd seen what they've been going through, and. Did that have an impact on you deciding? Oh, I'm definitely going to do that, or like, oh no, I'm definitely not going to do that. Did that, uh, any of their, you know, any of their experiences have an impact on you? Like, who are your role models? You know, because you said you wanted to be an entrepreneur. Just seeing when you went out uh, into the world and you saw how other people are living in other islands and you know, abroad. So, so what was what was it, what was your thoughts about you know?
0: Um, how your role models were. Okay. Um, I think I will answer the questions in two parts. So the first part is my mother being a single mother had to do different roles to to raise income, to get an income to help us. And at a very young age I started selling sweets. So I sold sweets from the age of 12 to help, to get money to pay for the cost fare to buy stocks, do the different things. And so I learned the art of learning to sell from a very young age. So I learned that from my mom Mm. and my sister was doing it as well. My brothers, some of them, they work for themselves because they did not go to university, but they have skills. So then I learned the art of being an entrepreneur very young, but I still didn't have an idea as to, you know, what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I just had the idea. I still wanted the job. So what inspired me when I went to university in Trinidad was that I had lecturers who taught at the university part-time and they were actually entrepreneurs and interacting with other people from different islands, areas that, hey, I can be more than just an economist. At that time, that was my goal <laughs> to become an economist. I studied economics and I started reading more. I started exposing myself to more material in terms of business development, research, entrepreneurship and one person who inspired me was Mary Folio. I started wanting her journey in terms of how she started from nothing and she grew up to be such a successful entrepreneur so she was the one who gave me that motivation from reading her material watching her shows and i'm like hey i want to do this and i won't let my background keep me back from aiming for the best
1: that's awesome so um what did your mom have to say when you said you want to you know uh be an entrepreneur did she like like tell you that hey isn't that what you're already doing because you've been selling right from the time you were 12 or did she or was she like i'm so proud of you what
0: did she say actually i didn't tell them i just started doing it so i think <laughs> when what is that and they were like oh you, i'm always busy i'm always online doing something they didn't get the idea and i don't think she even understand up to this day she just thought that i have something online that i do <laughs> So my siblings understand and they support me and what I do. And, you know, I speak to them about the reason behind what I'm doing. But my parents are like, you know, they just support me. They don't understand fully what it is as a coach.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so tell me how did you how did you get into because i know because you, you came back and you said after you came back from university you came back to the island and you're like you know you have because that's what everybody does right they come back mm-hmm. and then they get a job because that's like yeah. oh you get a job because then you'll have money and you'll have retirement and you get you can buy a house and a car and whatever so what was your thinking when you came back
0: i think part of me was a bit sad to be honest i was like oh, i have to readjust and i have to look for a job and at, at first, I was thinking that I have a student loan to pay off and I want to get a job to pay off. So that was my goal and my motivation. So I got a job, but I did not get the job I wanted. I got a, a lower level job that didn't require so money for a degree. So that was a bit the, the, the discouraging for me, especially when you come from a, a dynamic environment that is pushing you and everybody is graduating, we're doing well I and mean, we're going up there in the world to make a difference. And then you go back home and you realize that, hey, you can't even get a job in your field of study. And that's an issue for us here. And I had to readjust slowly. I had to readjust and reintegrate into the culture and realize that I have to do something different. That's when I started blogging, actually. I started blogging and writing my thoughts, and I wanted to do something different. And over time, I changed jobs, and I got into a job that was marketing-based. And I realized, hey, marketing is fun, but it took up so much of my time, and I, I didn't find joy in working I didn't enjoy every day. I felt like I was just over understanding things. so I decided that I'm going to grow my business to a point where I can work for myself and I started thinking of how can I expand my business. So once I got another job, which was much better, I had more flexibility, I started working with women and women who were displaced and who wanted support I helped them in terms of getting training programs to help increase their capacity to help them to get jobs. And that was when I was like, "Hmm, I can actually do coaching and consulting. I can actually help women to use their skills to market themselves to improve their livelihoods." And that is how the idea of coaching and consulting came about. But then a hurricane passed, and it affected our island. And then I moved to London for work, and I got busy again in another job in the same job system, working, working, and the business suffered a bit. But somewhere along the lines, I caught myself and I resent her and I was like, hey, Melinda, you are you are leaving your business behind. So I got a mentor and that mentor is from Trinidad and she lived in the UK and she was able to guide me and to help me to shift my mindset around entrepreneurship and building a business in Dominica because it's kind of new. Coaching mm-hmm. is now looming. It is a big industry in the US. It's a billion dollar industry, but for us, it's like paying somebody to talk to. We don't understand how deep it goes. And so I got that foundational work from her I came back home and I'm like, I'm going to do something different. And I started speaking, I started sharing and I sent my first client to London. And I came back home, continue working and decided to invest more time in my business. And that is how I got to try to keep going. And ever since I continued pushing, during that time, I started, started my master's programs. So I was doing school and business and life. And I knew I had to sacrifice a lot of things so I could get it going. So that is... That awesome. is how I was studied. <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: It- yeah. So, you know, it, it, like you, you're right. The coaching business is huge. It's going to be probably a trillion dollar industry. Not, you know, but it's so I feel it's very untapped. People don't realize mm-hmm. it is such a it is such a huge resource and it's so valuable. But I don't think people understand that because they don't know what it is. Because, you know. So it's that's awesome that you were able to find a coach that you're from Trinidad. So they understand the culture because that's a huge thing too, understanding the culture and knowing what works and what doesn't work and you know how people how people um interpret or how they see it, how they perceive what coaching is. So that is that is really cool. I I know I'm 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 pretty much going through the same thing. So I can totally relate to all of that.
0: <laughs> Sounds good.
1: <laughs> so so when you started uh your business because you said you know some of your uh, siblings they have their own businesses too and they support you and stuff so and you you have a you have a blog plus you're doing consulting and coaching plus you um you know you you're working so what was the hardest part about starting your own business or was it not hard at all because you've been doing it your whole life
0: <laughs> I think. In the beginning, when I started, I wasn't taking it seriously. So I was doing it, you know, when I want. I didn't have a, like a full strategy plan. So I think that was a hobby for me. It was a joy to be working in my business and doing it online. But it became harder when I really decided to invest in my business, to do branding, to get my site up, to start to target clients. And I realized that I need time. So I became extremely tired from juggling a lot of things. And I felt that it was hard to penetrate the market from the Caribbean perspective because what you would find is people will look for coaches in the surroundings. So getting clients outside of the Caribbean, living in the Caribbean was a bit challenging for me because the culture is different. Once the terminologies that I would use would be completely different for them, for them to understand. And that was hard for me, but then I realized that, hey, my location doesn't limit me. So I had to break out of it, and I had to start to understand them. And I got an American coach, I started working with them, I started meeting people, and just understanding, hey, how the shift is happening. And I readjusted. So I I had a bit of comparison at the beginning, and that was hard for me, and I had to get out of it. And the thing that was very difficult for me was being able to keep up with the demands of of coaching because sometimes I'm required to post and be present but I have other duties for work and duties for my for my school and uh, it was just me another time so that was a challenge for me the time and I had to force myself to learn to juggle it all. So what was the easiest part? I would say being myself in a space online because wow. I like to speak I like to to share my ideas and talk to people and that's because it's natural for me. So I really enjoyed that part and it allowed me to be that person. And that's why I started the podcast. I have a podcast as well. And that was a big part of it for me, being able to share my knowledge with them and feel restricted to working because we have so much knowledge that we acquire. We're not using it. So I was happy. I could, So that's easy for me. And working with women who had an issue and they didn't know how to solve it, and I was able to support them. That really made me feel good as an individual and as a coach, as a consultant. So that is very fun for me, mm-hmm. and I love it.
1: That's awesome. That is so cool, though. Uh, and I can and I can totally uh, relate because you know, like just the podcast being online and being able to you have that platform to make a difference. I think. And the fact that you can talk to people from around the world, so you're not restricted to just like one place or one country, I think that's really, really, really powerful. So that's that's awesome. So mm-hmm. now when you're, you know, you've been doing this for a bit, right? So now looking back and knowing what you know now, what are some of the key financial lessons that you learned when you started your business?
0: <laughs> Do not invest in a lot of programs unless you know what you really want yeah, investing in low tickets, high ticket and some programs whilst it might be what your business may need it will it is not applicable to you for instance invest in a program that requires you to take action to do the work but you are so busy you can't implement so you might think the program did not work when in fact it was you who did not have the time to commit to it so do not invest in a lot of programs and do not invest until you are ready to commit to doing the work another thing is do not mix your business and your personal income lesson learned and i would say do not try to to look at the market price to determine what you're going to price your services at you know your value you know what you're bringing to the table and you have to be able to sell your offer at a price that you're comfortable with so not because they say charge four thousand dollars for high ticket you have to charge four thousand dollars if you're not ready and sometimes that can cause you to lose clients and business because you try to be at a level where you're not. Right. So is a, these are some key lessons that I learned and I observed during my time as a coach.
1: Yeah, that's that's so important. I don't think people realize that you don't go from zero to 60 unless you do the work as you go up to 60. You can't get, get up there and because you don't know how to handle it because when things come to your way, people are expecting a certain level, right? Or a certain mm-hmm. caliber, and but you're not prepared for it. So you have to grow to get to that level. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's really, really <laughs> important. Yes, I'm, I'm learning that too. It's like you have to, whatever you're giving has to be worth whatever that you're providing, you know, the, the number that you're giving. So yeah, that's super important. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I mean, you should be so proud of what you're doing. Oh my gosh, look at you. You're like got all these multiple businesses going. You've like, you know, embraced all the changes that you had to do cuz you know, you got a uh you have an international uh clientele and between your coaches and your clients and your work and and all of that. So I'm sure you're you're like happily telling your nieces and nephews, you know, about <laughs> what they need to do and I don't know if they're listening or not, but what advice would you want to give them?
0: I actually have a have a WhatsApp group with my nieces and nephews. I have 14 of them. So I have them in a group who can WhatsApp and who has who have phones. Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, do not focus on school only. Start to think of what business you can you can grow or invest in. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, think of who you want to become. Do not look around you. Think of who you want to become and what you want to do and tell yourself if it's possible for you. Because a lot of times we have children pursuing careers because their parents told them that they should do it. And they do these things to make their parents happy, but they're actually pursuing their passion. They are very smart other things. And the other day I was speaking to my sister and she told me her niece, her daughter, <laughs> sorry, my niece, loves to sew and she's so young I was like what she said yes and she said she realized she has the skill and like buy a sewing machine mm-hmm. and encourage her sometimes our parents will encourage you and to go and get the A's and the B's only and they have good skills that they can use to make money so I'm telling that to them earlier I have a nephew who's very bright he's super bright in mathematics he always comes on top and he's thinking entrepreneurial because I told him you have to start to think of how you can make money so I told him think of what you want to do and use it
1: that's awesome. Now, I don't think I don't think a lot of people think like that. You know, it's like you said, it's all about the sc- well, how many marks you are getting, what are you going to become, which college you are going to mm-hmm. go to, not realizing you could get into loans and how you're going to pay for that if you don't have a job. So, might as well make your own money because then you can decide, right? Yeah, yes, and
0: you can live on the go. So, if you are going to go to school, yes, you have to educate yourself, but do not forget to use what you have to make money. Do not just focus on that only. That is not going to break the, the poverty patterns that you have in your life. You have to use other avenues, and then so many people are going through the same process, the same linear path. What happens when you cannot get a job?
1: Right, right. No, that's so that's so good. So you've been through, you know, with the hurricane, and you have to make you had to make decisions, and you had to figure out what you had to do when things were going rough. So what mantra? What what would you tell yourself when the going gets tough? <laughs>
0: Remember why you started going, that. This is temporary. It's hard. It's temporary, but just keep going. What belongs to you is finally making its way towards you. I always say that. I actually have a a, a plaque on my wall that says that. That that's, reminds me that I have to keep going. That's awesome.
1: Now that that is really really cool, and um, I can see I can see why the things are all coming together because you like keep going, 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 and. No, this is really good. So thank you so much for taking the time uh, to be on the show. And I can't wait to hear your podcast too. And uh, I will be talking to you soon.
0: Thank you, Malini. I'm really happy and very honored to share with your audience. I really hope they enjoy the podcast episode. So I will see you soon as well. So take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if
1: you love the show, Please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.